is Jennifer Scheich with Ask Aces. We just finished a great Twitter chat today with Dr. Craig Lemoyne and Kathy Sweedler. Today we talked about financial planning and personal finance. A financial plan guides and empowers people to reach their goals. Financial planning includes setting goals, managing your money wisely, establishing a solid financial foundation, and investing for the future. Let's chat a little bit more with Craig and Kathy now and find out about what they do here in the College of Aces before we get started. Kathy? Hi. So I'm Kathy Sweedler, and I work as a consumer economics educator with University of Illinois Extension here in the college, which means I get to go out in the communities and talk about money and consumer issues. Um, I'm typically in Champaign, Ford, um, Iroquois, and Vermilion counties, but sometimes all I'm all over the state doing things in person as well as with media. So this is a fun opportunity. I'm Craig Lemoyne. I'm a professor of financial planning here at the university. Um, I'm also the director of the financial planning program. And so we're trying to rev that up and help students get some fantastic opportunities and dig a little deeper in our financial planning curriculum. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you. This is certainly a topic that everybody can relate to and that everybody has questions about. And so I really appreciate the time that you guys took to be here. I guess to get things started, let's talk a little bit about financial goals. Today in our chat, you mentioned that we should be writing down our financial goals. So tell us, how can we get started doing that and why should we? I think we have a tendency to have lots of dreams, which is wonderful. We need to dream big. But then when we want to get them done, it can be really valuable to write them down as um, specific financial goals. And by writing them down, one, they're more likely to be achieved than if they're just floating around in our heads. And two, we can really kind of think about, like, what is that goal? About how much is it going to cost me? When do I want to get it done? And knowing those things will help you clarify what are your priorities and what are your values. And then you know what you're working towards. I think to add on to that, goals should be, to some extent, measurable. Goals should be realistic. Uh, we want to write down our goals, and we want to have a path to success to get there. And so that might be putting a little aside each week. That may be paying off a little debt each month. But the important element with goals are we're going to set a plan. We're going to march towards that plan. And I think that's how we get started. So what are some of the benefits of saving money? I think saving money in general gives you sort of a emergency fund, which is one of the first things we need to be doing and, and when we talk about saving. Uh, secondly, we start looking at matching our goals with our financial needs. So we start to say, okay, well, my long-term goal is to save for retirement. I want to have the kids go to college. You know, I want to pay off the mortgage one day. All of those goals require money. Uh, so the benefits then are just chunking a little way a month, a little way each week, and we can start to get to a point where we're empowered and positioned to meet those. The other thing I really think that's kind of fun about saving money is that when you have money set aside, sometimes unexpected opportunities arise, whether it's an opportunity to do something with friends and family or to go towards something you wanted to do, like maybe go back to school or continuing um, your education. And then when you have that money set aside, you can take advantage of those opportunities and you don't have to look at um, building up debt in order to do them or putting them on your credit cards. So this is a question that we discuss a lot in our house. Is it better to pay down debt or is it better to invest your money? And what's the right balance? I mean, I think that's the magic question, right? What's the right balance? Um, so without giving you know specific advice, when we look at debt or investing money, I, th I think the magic blend is a little bit of both, right? As we grow wealth over time, that wealth can be very empowering and give us lots of options and help us meet goals that we have. At the same time, we want to pay more than the minimum on our debts if we, if we have that ability, um, specifically on credit card debt or you know higher interest debt on that end. 
So is it better to pay down debt or invest the money? It, it kind of goes to that inevitable question. Should I put more away for retirement or should I pay down the mortgage? And I think each consumer has their own utility preferences uh, to get a little geeky on that end. Uh, to some people, we, we really value this idea of being debt-free and debt-free living. And there's other folks that say, okay, well, if I can save um, you know, an extra hundred or 200,000 my retirement plan, that gives me more options when I'm done. Uh, you know, personally, my mindset is on the debt-free side of the coin, but you know, when we look at sort of this, this trade-off between wealth and, and paying off debt, it's gonna be a little bit different for everybody. Yeah, I totally agree with what Craig just said. Um, just to kind of clarify too, sometimes when we first start looking at that, um, all those things that Craig said are so important about balance and values. But you can also, I think, go down to that geeky point of looking at, you know, what is the interest rate, the APR that I'm paying on that debt? And what is my expected rate of return? Sometimes there's a real difference there. Like your interest rate that you're paying is quite high and your expected rate of return isn't so high. That may help you decide where you want to put more of your dollars. There's an opportunity cost there. We've only got, you know, so many dollars to put those places. So that's an, another way to kind of look at it when you're making that, that truly hard decision. So we were fortunate to have quite a few college students joining us for our chat today on Twitter. And so one of the things that we talked about a lot was what are some of the advantages of investing while you're a young adult instead of waiting until you're older? And so could you share a little bit about some of your thoughts behind that? Sure, I'm, I'm happy to. You know, compounding interest is an extraordinarily powerful thing is the compounding interest lets your money grow and then the growth on the growth and the growth on the growth and so forth and so on. And so starting when you're in your 20s, you get the power of 30 years of compounding interest as opposed to waiting until you're 50. And, you know, there's nothing magical about becoming wealthy or becoming successful or retiring. It's just chunking away a little bit each week or each month until you hit your goal one day. And that seems a little boring because it is, but it also has with it the power of compounding interest. And, and to me, that's the big advantage of starting young. Um, and, you know, when when you're looking at somebody who's in their 40s or 50s and really hasn't started yet, we can still get there, but it is such a longer road. Absolutely. And sometimes there's like a, mo a couple of years right after you start your real job and you're making some real money where you don't have so many fixed costs and you don't have so many other things. If you can suck money away then and then as life gets more complex and you have other things happening in your life, you may not be able you know, put away quite as much as a percentage of your income, but you've got that money there and let it grow. And this really can make a big difference. Pull up some calculators online and check it out. You'll be surprised at the difference. Yeah, we seem to have three little money suckers in our house right now that just, you know, it just extra expenses, things that we didn't have before children and things that, um, you know, you want to be able to enjoy your quality of life. But I think that's really great advice and a great message for young people. So let's talk about borrowing money a little bit. When I borrow money, what are some of the things I should consider first? That's a tough one because we borrow money for so many different reasons. Um, and so I think when we are going into debt, we need to think about what are our alternatives. Um, not the, I think borrowing money is a way to leverage money, so it's not always a bad thing. Um, we know from research that going to school and getting your degree on average for typically you know, pays back even when you do have to borrow money. But in, in other situations, when like, for example, we're looking to take out a mortgage, while housing might be something that you value and you want, there's always the question of how much house do you need? How big of a mortgage? And can you keep that reasonable? 
I think one of the things to keep in mind is set the limits on how much you want to borrow before you start shopping around, whether it's for a car or a home or any of those things, because the next step up will always look better. So, you know, set your limits, decide what's important to you. I, I love what you said about the next step up always look better. One of my biggest pet peeves about realtors as you can tell them a budget, and the and then the first house you see is twenty, you know, twenty thousand, thirty thousand higher than that budget, and it sets your mind that right. that's what I want now. Right. You know, I, I can't agree more about setting setting debt ahead of time. You know, from from a you know tax end of things, some debt is good debt, but that is changing with the new tax reform act a little bit. Is right. is there's going to be fewer and fewer consumers who can itemize a deduction? And that means taking advantage of mortgage interest, right? There's going to be fewer consumers that that actually pans out for. Um, so, so I think as maybe perhaps we have a little less emphasis on that, okay, mortgage debt's good debt, right? Tax-efficient debt. As it becomes less tax-efficient, I, I think we really need to start thinking of housing as far as what do I need, not necessarily what's the most I can get, and we can maybe avoid another 2008 calamity. So let's talk about financial plans. You guys mentioned those on the chat today, obviously. Every day, Craig, you're thinking about financial plans and what you do. Tell us a little bit about how we can create our own financial plans and why should we have one? You know, I, I, I look at financial planning and financial planning as an academic discipline has a lot of smaller little underdisciplines. <laughs> but I think financial planning in, in and of itself is really a two-step process. And the first step is identifying your goals and the second step is creating a plan to meet those goals. And sometimes that process can be done independently. Sometimes that process can be done on your own. Sometimes that process needs a little help. And that's where professionals could kick in um, based, on, based on what those goals might be. If you're looking at, okay, I've, I'm going to pay off my student loan, you know, that's the goal. And, and then you would set some sort of trajectory and time and talk with your loan servicer about the best repayment plan for yourself. That might be the type of goal, you know, you could do on your own or with a little help. Some of the more sophisticated goals, um, you know, how much do I save, what asset allocation should I be in, might require someone with a little more expertise. So, you know, you can get help creating a financial plan in any number of ways. I, I think you start with yourself. I also think there's some real clear marks um, that you should ask anyone for advice that, that you're working with. You know, how do they get paid? That's the biggie, right? How do I get paid as a financial advisor? And, and the more transparent and direct the answer, um, that can be very important. I think asking for referrals, you know, very reasonable. They should be able to give you referrals and, and very quickly so. Um, then also, you know, what type of education do you have? Are you working with someone that has expertise in financial planning, some uh, professional certificate? Are you working with someone with a, a bachelor's education background? And that should also go into your decision on, on getting help creating a plan. All of those are really excellent points. And I think one of the other things when we start talking about financial plan to realize is that it's not always comfortable talking about money. And that may not be something that you do in your household a lot. Um, and probably that's one place to start is how start having some conversations around what's important to you, what's important down the road, what's important to your partner. Um, and you may want to find neutral territory for that. Sometimes, um, I know my husband and I, we've purposely made sure we weren't around our children. We took a walk. We went and got a cup of coffee. We went somewhere where there was no other distractions so that we could have that conversation without things interrupting, um, children interrupting. And then, you know, once you are feeling more comfortable yourself, finding a financial planner that you can communicate with well. 
everybody isn't a good match. So talking to different financial planners to find one where you feel comfortable asking questions and you understand their answers, I think is really important. So it's been fun to listen to all the different topics that we've been able to cover today and see the breadth of what you guys do. And you are so energetic and enthused about your jobs. Um, it's, it's fun to watch. I love the energy. And so as I sit here and watch, I think, wow, this looks like a fabulous field for prospective students to get into. And so tell me a little bit about if I'm a student who's looking uh, to make some decisions about where to go to college and what to do in college, why is financial planning a good fit and why should they come to the University of Illinois? So we, we have a financial planning concentration within um, ACES and that financial planning concentration contains different courses from fundamentals of financial planning, intermediate financial planning, we've got retirement planning, some tax, some estate, some risk management, putting a case together at the end. And that degree is really the future of where this industry is headed. We've seen over the last five to 10 years a big shift in who gets into this business, who gets into financial services, who gets into financial planning. And 10 years ago, it was a career changer. It was somebody that had worked in a different occupation and decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to try something new. Today, the emphasis, the hiring, the demand is on young adults. And on young adults, they're qualified to give different levels of advice to different types of clients and consumers. A financial planning degree sets you up for success in that market. It is a very career in demand right now, and the industry has changed a lot of the ways they pay young adults. Um, traditionally, it's been a very eat what you kill commission culture. In the last decade, we've evolved to more salaried positions, more positions with ownership tracks. Um, really, it's a fantastic opportunity today, um, and, and, and we would love to talk to you. I would just second that this is such an exciting time to be involved in financial planning or financial education. The awareness in our country right now about personal finance and people's desire to find a balance, to find that financial wellness and feel secure and work towards their goals has never been higher. Um, this is the time to really be jumping in on this field and, and really taking advantage of what is happening at the ground level and rising up. It is only going to grow. Well, I think that's a great way to end this podcast today. I really appreciate you guys taking time to join us. Um, if you didn't get a chance to be a part of our Twitter chat today, don't hesitate to go check out hashtag AskAces and read through a lot of the great conversations that took place. Um, it was definitely one of our biggest chats we've ever had. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.